Hello and welcome to a more perfect podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a conference that I attended about a week ago on combating critical race theory, where I got to meet the world's foremost expert on critical race theory, James Lindsay. And I got to meet the incredible Michael O'Fallon. And just to make things even more incredible, I got to meet the woman who broke the be less white coca-cola thing carolyn borisinko and these three people especially james lindsay are people that i've been looking up to for a long long time i remember finding new discourses back in october and as a result of the new discourses when i was taught critical race theory everybody knows on this podcast by now that i'm still in college um, i'm going into my junior year of college right now but when i was taught critical race theory as a result of James's work, the manipulations of social justice were clear to me. New discourses made it clear to me, and I was able to stand up against the critical race theory being shoved down my throat at my philosophy class pretty much every day. There would be something concerning critical race theory, and I was able to stand up against it. I hope that after listening to this podcast and, you know, the next couple episodes, I'm going to make this episode kind of brief, but I hope after listening to, to me for a while that you'll be able to stand up against it too. So this conference was absolutely incredible. And James Lindsay broke down what critical race theory was as well as the ideological roots of critical race theory, tracing it all the way back, not just to Marx, but to Hegel as well from thinker to thinker over the years over the over decades over hundreds of years to the present day in a form believe it or not that was understandable to everyone there I mean and trust me everybody was there I saw people from California I saw people from New York I saw people from Michigan I met I met this one guy who was a nurse that was having diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives just crammed down his throat at work. And then I met a woman who was an educator, and she said that in her interviews, they're all asking about what she thinks about social justice or something like that. And and, and it wasn't just, you know, um, nurses or uh, educational teachers either. There was this one dude that was a freaking dance instructor, if you believe me. Another guy that was a comic book instructor. It was incredible, the... the uh, dare I say, diversity of walks of life that were in attendance at this conference. People are scared. People are afraid. And they have every right to be. Critical race theory is a cancer that is going, if we don't stop it, to destroy our nation. No matter how small the tumor is, you need to cure it before it spreads. Right? You need to detect it, be able to see it, and then destroy the cancer before it kills the host, so to speak. But by, by the way, it's not just me calling them cancer. No, they do so in a paper from the University of, I think, Arizona State University, where they talk about women's studies as a virus. I'll, I'll link it in the podcast uh, source notes, as well as New Discourses and James Lindsay's book, which I very much recommend. Carolyn Boysinko is a very good Twitter follow as well. And um, Michael O'Fallon has one of the greatest podcast voice ever. But anyways, um, this really laid out the, the stakes 
of critical race theory. It's not just in classrooms. This is not just a political talking point. This isn't just some get out the vote thing. This is the real deal. This is a real civilizational threat. Let's just say if you're short on time, the only thing you need to know is when James Lindsay is doing another event like this. When James Lindsay is speaking again. Because once you hear him speak, so many things are going to click. So many things are going to be like, oh shoot, that was what I was up against. Or, oh, that's why I felt uncomfortable. Or, oh dang, that really makes sense. You know, like, well, why why were they calling it Marxist? Oh, that's why. Everybody talks about, you know, uh, such and such being a watershed moment, being a real turning point, dare I say, in the uh, culture war that we have going on here in America. Without a doubt, this was one of those points. This, if done enough, will change the tide for the better for this country. So... James, if you're listening to this, Michael, if you're listening to this, thank you for doing this. It was absolutely incredible. To all my listeners, go on new discourses and read. Listen, you need to pay attention to this. Go see James Lindsay if he speaks again near you. It's incredible. One of the first things that James Lindsay said in the Combating Critical Race Theory workshop was actually an old Polish proverb. And the proverb says that you should never attempt to cure something that you don't understand. So obviously, the first task of the day is going to be understanding critical race theory. What is critical race theory? Well, before I say what it is, I want to tell everybody that I ask that you just drop all preconceived notions about what critical race theory is, right? Not that they won't help you, not that they aren't a, a understanding of this issue. Just trust me, you need to put them aside for a second. Otherwise, you're going to get confused and not understand what I'm trying to get across here. Putting aside those things, critical race theory is actually best explained. As I was explaining it to uh, one of my friends the other day. It's best explained at first through a metaphor. So let's make a metaphor here, and then I'll tell you the definition of critical race theory that we worked on at the conference. So critical race theory can best be described in a metaphor about mental illness. Critical race theory is like a person who has a... I'm not an expert on mental illnesses, but everybody knows the uh, stereotype of a man seeing people in suits following him everywhere. Well, imagine a person who believes that men in suits are following him everywhere. These men in suits control society, and nothing escapes their grasp. Whenever people try to fight against the men in suits... They just become more and more normally dressed until they blend in with the population and have to be rooted out and destroyed. The more you fight the men in suits, the more they blend in, and the more dire your task becomes. So this deluded person not only believes all that, but he believes that he has had a target placed upon his back from the moment he was born. 
Not only is he targeted from birth by these men in suits, but also this, the entire society around him was created by the men in suits for the men in suits. That is to say, he is pretty unwelcome. So this metaphor describes critical race theory almost to a T. You see, the definition that we worked off of at the critical race theory workshop is this. We define critical race theory as a belief system founded upon the belief that society is organized by whites for whites under systemic racism. That's critical race theory. Okay, now take your definition and hold it up to that one, right? Let me just repeat it again. Critical race theory is a belief system founded upon the belief that society is organized by whites for whites under systemic racism. Okay, that's great. So take a common understanding about what critical race theory is. Um, I'm going to take right now the understanding that, well, the it's, it's not an understanding. It's more of a misconception, to be honest. But there's some people that think that critical race theory is just a a uh, way of analyzing legal precedent and analyzing the law to explain the prevalence of racism that works within the legal structures, okay? They say, oh, it arose out of critical legal studies. That's true. But they they stop there and they think that, or the, the understanding says, this misconception says that, oh, it's just a concept taught in law school to analyze racism in the law, right? Okay, but, but stop right there. Stop. You have racism in the law. What did I say? What did I say? It's the belief that society was organized by whites, for whites, under systemic racism. So if you were trying to look for racism within the legal structures of society... Wouldn't that fit into the way I define critical race theory? Yes, it would. Because you would believe under critical race theory, again, that society is organized according to systemic racism, right? That systemic racism is, as was said in the conference or the workshop, um, that systemic racism is the fundamental organizing principle of society. So thus, systemic racism would, according to this delusion, be in the law right? Or take it from another perspective. Another understanding about critical race theory is that it's the process of teaching uncomfortable history. Not only is, that, not only is this kind of hitting on a, um, a main tenet of critical race theory, but it's also a misconception because it's too narrow. But again, I ask that you compare it a belief that society is organized by whites for whites. Stop. If you're going to teach, quote-unquote, an uncomfortable history, right? Then you're still buying into the belief that society was organized for white people. So thus, even that definition plays into our definition that we figured out at the conference. No matter what angle you approach it at, all definitions are under this definition. 
Critical Race Theory is a belief system. It's a conspiracy theory. It's, and I hesitate to go too far here because I'm not going to be able to back this up adequately in this episode at least, but I will in future episodes. So if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast. It is a, is a, not just a conspiracy theory, but it is a neo-Marxian conspiracy theory. And it's, as James Lindsay said in the workshop, the tip of a hundred-year-long spear to destroy Western civilization. So I won't go, I won't go too much further here, but before I go, I want to lay out 13 main elements. Actually, I'll just do 10. Um, you guys, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing for you guys. They are coming out with a video edition of the conference that I went to. Still be able to listen to it. Um, we'll talk about it more once that video comes out. Um, I, I don't want to just give it all away to people that weren't there. Uh, I, I know that they're working on it. But but anyways, let's just go over 10, 10 main elements of critical race theory. So the first is that racism is ordinary and permanent in society. Critical race theory believes racism to be ordinary, pervasive, and permanent in society. And as I keep saying, it believes society to be systemically racist. Every aspect of society is racist. Let me say that again. Under critical race theory, every single aspect of society is racist. One of the other main elements of critical race theory is called interest convergence. So, because society was created for white people, thus, white people, according to critical race theory, will only help a minority person if it benefits them. So, if the interests of white people do not converge with the interests of minorities or the oppressed, then they're not going to get helped. It's only when it benefits white people that white people help the black people. You can see the delusional thinking of critical race theory here. The third, you could say, tenet of critical race theory is that non-white people cannot make progress in society because no matter how much they improve, white people have only allowed them to improve so much, right? It's like they've made brackets on black people, for instance, that oh, you can only get so much rights, or oh, you can only get so far in society, and then we're going to stop you and hold you back until we're ready to let you have a little bit more, right? So that no matter how many steps black people take towards equality, it's never real equality, right? And it also kind of ties in that racism will be permanent. Um, this is called material determinism. Number four, that race has been socially constructed by white people to maintain their power in society. Race was, was created by white people to apply systemic racism, which, go figure, keeps the white people in power. So that's number four. Number five 
is that because society is systemically racist and materially deterministic, the structures of society determine your outcome in society. Critical race theory rejects meritocracy. It rejects the notion that if you work hard enough, you can improve and adapts a seriously pessimistic view of society. Number six is that again, critical race theory believes racism to be ordinary, pervasive, and permanent, and thus these stories which we tell ourselves, for example, America is a force for good in the world, are mere narratives to maintain the systemic oppression in society. So all the stories that we have about this country being good are just narratives and stories that were put in place by those in power to maintain their power. There's no truth to any of it. It's just a, uh, as Michel Foucault would say, power knowledge. That's an episode for another day. Number seven, the notion of storytelling, as I just went over, is pretty important. Because critical race theory has a bunch of tricks, maneuvers that it uses to advance itself. One of these is to tell that exception to the rule story, to undermine the prevailing story. Let's pause here. Let's put this in a real-life context. So, everybody wants to get pizza, okay? 19 out of 20 of your coworkers all like pepperoni pizza, but then there's that one guy that just is intransigent about wanting sausage, okay? This is kind of an analogy for one of Critical Race Theory's maneuvers. The seventh tenet of Critical Race Theory is the counter-story. So, basically, they tell the exception to the rule story to undermine the prevailing story. Which would make theoretical sense, because if you remember, the prevailing story is just maintaining racist power. And... Um, if told nominally within a racist system, can only serve to oppress those that are non-white in a white-constructed society. So, basically, it's always going to say, well, what about or except for to subvert and destroy the existing orthodoxy. And this happens everywhere, but I won't go into this. I won't go too far on that concept. They also have a strategy where they retell history. This is kind of along the same lines as counter-storytelling, except this time they're retelling history, right? Because if you think, if you seriously think that non-whites can't make real progress through material determinism, that whites only help other races if it benefits them, that structures determine your outcome, and that racism is permanent throughout society, you're going to have to make another history of the United States, an entire new history to maintain your delusion, to maintain your lie. You're going to have to retell history. Number eight, critical race theory believes in viewing people not by their character, but by their color. Number nine, critical race theory as a subfield called critical whiteness studies which is an entire field of study. I can't make this up. I, I, I really can't make this up. And I'm not reading out of the DSM handbook either, okay? This is some kind of mental illness, even though I think it might be added one day. But um, critical race theory has a subfield called critical whiteness studies, which is an entire field of study that seeks to reinforce the 
theoretical fact that all white people are racist. And finally, number 10, critical race theory is, believe it or not, a critical theory, which means that it must be actionable. It's got to be able to be taken to the streets, so to speak. How does critical race theory appear on the streets? One word, anti-racism. That is critical race theory. So those are 10 elements of critical race theory. To sum up some other things, one of the most important things that I got from this conference is critical race theory is the same Marxist lie that has been told throughout history over and over and over again to the great detriment of all those it was foisted upon. It's not proletariat, as Marx wrote. They call themselves the anti-racists now. It isn't capitalist exploitation, as Marx wrote. Now, it's systemic racism. It isn't redistribution. It's equity. It's not class consciousness anymore. It's solidarity. It's not rightist opposition anymore. It's hate speech. And finally, it's not a cultural revolution. It's a racial reckoning. Learn to recognize the language. Learn to see the Marxist lie. This is a threat to our civilization that, if not stood up to, will destroy our country at one point or another. Please read new discourses when you get the chance. There are incredibly detailed essays on there from a multitude of writers, not just James Lindsay, but also a amazing woman named Helen Pluckrose and a host of other authors. So check it out when you get the chance. Two minor announcements on my end. Number one, I'm a sponsor by Surfshark VPN. If you haven't secured your internet already, I've got bad news for you, man. Big tech is uh, influenced by critical race theory too. All right, Google's woke. Protect your internet from Google. Get Surfshark VPN. Your internet could be being spied on right now. And I've got a deal for you. I've got a deal for you to protect yourself. You get 81% off of Surfshark VPN if you check it out in the description of this podcast. So check it out if you want to secure your internet. Now the next announcement isn't a sponsor so much as a call to not only repair our society, but repair your cell phone, right? You might have a broken cell phone. I don't want you listening to my podcast on a broken cell phone. You might not be able to hear my awesome voice as much. So... If you need to get your cell phone repaired, go to Computer Repair Doctor. They have the most experienced technicians in the entire computer repair industry, right? They are some of the most knowledgeable people and helpful people that you're ever going to meet, all right? 
They're get, they will get your problem solved in no time. You need to get your phone repaired? What the heck are you waiting for? Go to Computer Repair Doctor today. Alright, in conclusion, courage is contagious. If you don't stand up against critical race theory, nobody will. If you stand down and just kind of bow out or assume the best when you see diversity, equity, and inclusion or multiculturalism or culturally responsive teaching, socio-emotional learning, it, it goes by many names, just as Marxism goes by many names. What do you know? If you don't stand up to it, nobody will. Courage is contagious, and as James Lindsay said, so is cowardice. Stand up against it, and I guarantee you will not be alone. And with that, I hope all of you are doing very well. There is more episodes to come, so subscribe, rate the podcast, you know what to do. And as always, have a more perfect day.